are listening to Things That Make You Go Woo. I'm your host, Emily, also known as Emily and Her Stars. I am a professional medium and astrologist. And when I'm not busy helping my clients, I have a passion for learning about the woo. From history to current events, interviews, and monthly energy reports, I hope this podcast makes you go woo too. Hello, everyone. I'm Emily from Things That Make You Go Woo. And I am Amber from Your Light is Fearless. And we're here today to bring you a dose of Halloween spookiness and real life ghost stories. Amber, you were so kind and reached out to me about doing this episode. And I have to tell you, I'm really excited to finally be recording. Uh, Not only have we been planning for months, but we tried to record yesterday and spirit intervened. I know it's a Christmas miracle. We're here. And yeah, so just to give you guys a little context yesterday, we had our own kind of either haunting or divine intervention, right? Because we were both feeling a little off. I've been getting over a cold. So excuse me if I do cough during (laughs) this episode, but um, it was weird because the sound would not work for you right the sound just no matter what we did you started your computer twice or your laptop and then it started to work and then it stopped working for me so if that's not something weird you know and with no explanation like i had used it in the morning you had used yours like just ridiculous yeah Yeah. all day long but these things happen with technology and i am going to be sharing um the way that spirit has communicated through my cell phone and my tv you know in a little little bit later but i'm so excited to be here emily i didn't you know you were just i just have always wanted to um do an episode like this when i started my podcast and i couldn't think of anyone better than you to share our spooky stories with our spooky stories well and it's you know i think as mediums there's a expectation that we don't go down the spooky rail right that we stick to love and light and we know that we're connecting to loved ones and I really want to keep those ethics, right? But I also know as a human in this experience that there have been things that have happened that I cannot explain. Absolutely. I I agree. And I think what what really happens is that as like the young baby mediums that we are, usually we're frightened. At least I was like in the beginning when I was having all these spirit visitations. So we project that fear onto spirit in general until we develop and then we realize, oh, you know, this is just uh, my grandmother or, or spirit is nothing to be afraid of. But then kind of coming full picture, once we've gone down the development path, we start to notice the subtle differences between, first of all, when we know the spirit coming through because we can communicate with them, right. even if it's not someone we know, maybe it's a message for a friend or you know, rel- another relative. But when it's a spirit, we don't know. And when they do start to play with us and when they come through, for instance, the shadow figures, I've had a very terrifying experience with a a spirit that was a shadow, a black shadow. And these are the things that I would I want to explore and talk about 
with you today and of course in the in the light of Halloween which is my favorite holiday I love Halloween I'm so excited I think um it's gotten a bad rap we know of course throughout the years but it is this time of magic that has been celebrated for millennia and it's so much fun to explore it part of it is sinking into scorpio season and trying to understand and get to the truth of the things that we can't see and we don't understand and i agree there's been i think a big uptick especially with movies like coco and exploring things that you know connect us to our loved ones but there are so many aspects that we still just yeah we don't understand so you know me i can't not talk about the historical aspect <laughs> when yes. we start talking about things and of course right ghosts are no different so i took myself down quite the rabbit hole for this episode there aren't many topics that are really this ancient and this controversial in five thousand years of humanity we still haven't decided if ghosts are real which is amazing to me you know all the arguments say that they aren't and all the experiences and beliefs say that they are and there's a really good chance that most people actually do want to experience something even if it scares the bejeebers out of us we still are like yeah i kind of want to experience something <laughs> so of course, there's a million different directions I could go, but the two biggies I want to touch on today are the idea that a part of us lives on after we pass, and that if we go somewhere, then we can also come back. So one thing that was super interesting to me in this was that elephants have been seen visiting the corpses and bones after burying them. So a loved one of the herd passes, they actually bury the bones and then pay their respects for a certain number of days. And they come back as well and visit those bones, even intergenerationally. So if animals are doing it, we certainly know that humans have been doing it. And at what point did we start to bury our dead and then place everyday items with them because we knew they were going someplace and they needed things. I think that's so interesting. And really right now we're looking at about 55,000 years ago, we knew we were burying people with tools, with jewelry, with offerings, all sorts of things to make sure they were safe and provided for. Now, the next aspect, right, is if something survives of a human after death, then it escapes the confines of our body, of the corpse, and it goes somewhere. And that idea, that it can come back and visit us, I think is as ancient as the idea of it going somewhere. There's this inextricable link between going, but also returning. And so when we talk about ghosts, right, most of us, I think right now think of like Victorian houses and long women in white gowns floating down the hall and through a wall. <laughs> but ghost stories have really been a part of our life forever and their abilities have really shifted as society has shifted and i thought this was so interesting because they can actually be mirrors of kind of the times that we are living in so if right now we think of one might be like a wisp and it floats through the door and it's gone in medieval times right and in their ghost stories a ghost was more likely to like show up 
break down the door and then literally like beat you to death with the planks of wood after it busted in. And then it moves on, you know, in the 18th century, it was all about being in the crypts and going into the graveyards and into these places where the ghosts were kind of trapped in cemeteries. And then you get to like the romantics in the 1800s and the 19th century. And they talked about how the ghosts knew these secret corners of our souls that we couldn't acknowledge. And the best example of this is Ebenezer Scrooge, right? With the ghosts of past, present, and future, those ghosts that come to visit him aren't doing him harm. They aren't scaring him, but they are showing him parts of himself that he has been blind to. As we move through like World War One, World War Two, that sort of thing, ghosts kind of left the crypts, they left the mansions, and they were in these like lonely country roads and, you know, dense, foggy forests. Think of um, the Headless Horseman. He's a great example of this. So it was this, you know, being alone in the forest and what's going to sneak out and get you. <laughs> and then it's evolved even more. So today we tend to think of ghosts kind of in two main ways, something unknown and scary that wants to terrify us just because it can, or something that is old and is trapped here and can't find its way to the other side. And needless to say, I do think architecture, funny enough, plays kind of a big role in the type of haunting, right? Um, I grew up in a Victorian ghost mining town and the ghosts we had were cowboys and miners and <laughs> bankers and women who you know, sold themselves. And if you think of maybe a giant mansion, chances are you're going to think of a lonely old man or a woman who, you know, died there alone and didn't have anyone around them. We have a huge um, story here in the Southwest. And I think it, it trickles down into Mexico of stream sides being haunted or like the sides of rivers where there's a woman who shrieks because she drowned her children. So oh my the places, Emily, everyone <laughs> listeners well i'm gonna have i that's one of my stories that oh, it, it's similar and it's um i didn't know you were going to say that so mm -hmm. i can't wait to share um this story interesting yeah i can't remember the name of her particular haunting off hand but i will put it in the show notes because it's been a popular one and yeah, I think it's interesting that it kind of crosses cultural barriers, but yeah. it's always, yeah, along the stream. So anyway, that's, I think the history behind ghosts is fascinating and where we are today with it and the things that we experience are things that probably all of our ancestors have experienced in some way or another. Absolutely. And it's, you know, of course, I'm kind of looking at things through this like Akashic lens, like the collective consciousness. And you're right, you really help hone that in with your love of history. And as you're speaking, I can't help but definitely agree that it is that pulse point of, of like the mindset or the the soul evolution of humanity to, you know, filter through the lens of where they're at in their consciousness to understand spirit, like you said. But something that I have been thinking about, the, the, my own way that I understand how spirit can come back and visit us, not necessarily if they're earthbound, 
is that, you know, as you know, I always talk about my near-death experience, but what that did was helped me understand the, the study of consciousness and how we are pure consciousness. And so knowing that we, our consciousness is eternal and that when I died, I still had my thoughts and my awareness. What I understand is that we can travel through our awareness anywhere we want as these multidimensional eternal beings of, of spirit, of energy. So that to me proves why it is maybe it's not so easy for us to visit our loved ones when we've crossed over. But it it's in for me, it's like a no brainer. Absolutely. I mean, we travel with our awareness wherever we want but at the same time where i'm kind of exploring my own personal understanding of earthbound spirits is that i believe that a part of our consciousness is can be connected to different bodies to different timelines and to different realities and dimensions it's like an aspect of us is always with our higher self and always with our divine presence and so that aspect of our divinity is anchored right in this in in source and and then we experience our consciousness in these different timelines different realities different dimensions so couldn't it be true that like maybe an earthbound spirit is choosing to stay on earth not with their whole self but with an aspect of their awareness because they either have healing to do that is grounded on that physical dimension because of trauma or they choose to stay in the house that they lived in or they choose to stay around their their loved ones okay so that's my thinking about earthbound spirits that a part of them is still needing to heal right mm -hmm. that aspect of their awareness but they are still in their wholeness always anchored to source because i don't believe we can truly separate from where we stem from. Okay, so it doesn't. Love that. Love you, that. Okay, I was like thinking, I just thought of this last night, which maybe is why this whole episode was postponed to this morning. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about that is I've always talked to people about your spirit being like an orange and how your whole consciousness is the orange, but each slice can come and live different aspects. And so I totally, that makes so much sense that an aspect would remain, even if it's not the full consciousness, the full slice, it maybe is a bite of orange, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, you know, of course, I don't, I, never will we understand everything, but it's just for me, it's like, the love of deep diving into the spirit world is never ending for me. And I just love to talk about, you know, the different experiences we have in that like open-ended energy, because then there's so much more to then understand because, okay, so if that is true, then what about like the way that soul or spirit chooses to come through that does scare us and that does seem a little more manipulative and playful in a way where it's like are you messing with me because that's kind of some of the experiences i've had where it's like not that they're evil but there is a more dark sense there is a more dark um dark spirits right and 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 that's also maybe because of course we have free will and so we are allowed to, everyone is allowed to um, stay in that lower vibration, 
which is maybe what we're wanting to talk about today, right? right? It's the times where it's like, what is going on? Because not every spirit visitation is an earthbound spirit. And now we know that. And, mm-hmm. and although it can be frightening, even me, like I'm even my grandmother coming to visit me, I do get that jump out of my body where I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, it's happening. It's happening. I see you. I, you know, I, it just never gets old. You're just right. like, wow, every time. And it is it's true. People want those experiences because it's like in a way are we're searching and seeking for that validation and that proof. And even though it's scary, it's also comforting to know that we live on. Right. To think that there would be nothing, I think is actually more terrifying in some way. Yes. So I don't know where you want to start. I can start. We kind of broke it down because, I mean, we could go a million different directions with all of our stories. But the idea that places are haunted, things are haunted, and people are haunted. And I do think that part of what comes with the haunting of a place is also acknowledging that there are earthbound entities and these being, I mean, trees have soul and spirit and moss has soul and spirit. And so who's to say that sometimes when we encounter things in places that it isn't something more than just a scary person that decided not to leave. Right. Yeah. I love what you just said, because that was, you know, of course, divine synchronicity everywhere seems to be the the motto, which I love. But that was another um, download that I got last night, actually, Emily, where it was that our spirit is in everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like I I was doing a reading for someone and um, I, I forgive me if I'm going off tangent, but I was it was revealed to me that it was she was made up of the ocean. And then there was someone else that it was like, oh, she's more of the stars and the cosmic, the cosmic like energy. And it was like then I was shown that like w- our spirit is in everything, which makes sense too, if you are the believer that we're one with everything. But it is so mind boggling to understand that our consciousness is everywhere and in everything. So if we choose to remain in a place, right, as an imprint of energy, and, and if because we love it or because of trauma, then that that is why our energy resides there. So the, so yeah, so the places, the, the things and the people, right? That's where we're going to break it down. So where do you want to start? Well, let's start with places because I think that's probably the most, I hesitate to say the word rudimentary, but it's probably the most noticeable, especially going back ancient times. I think as humanity was more transient, we would literally break down our homes and take them with us. It's not that our home was haunted. It was the grove of trees. It was the stream side. It was the mountaintop. And understanding that those places were sacred and had a feeling that was different than yes. someplace else. Yeah. Yes. Now, for me, I understand also the way the that I've experienced places being, I guess, haunted, right? Or holding energy is for what happened on them, 
like historical events or the people that lived there. So I grew up in what, what is considered a haunted house. And there, it wasn't just because, um, so just to explain. So my parents live in this house on a clifftop overlooking the ocean. And it historically was the land of the Chumash Indians. And then of course, you know, we came and just, that's a whole other thing. So it's their that's land. Whole other episode, yeah. um, and when we moved into this house, we found artifacts from from the the Chumash, and they were like stone, you know, um, stone like rocks, but carved with bowl, like into a bowl, and all these different things. And then on top of that, Stan Getz, who was a well known musician, it was his house. He mm-hmm. died in that house. Okay, that's one thing. And he, you know, loved this house and put all this energy. He made the gate out of music notes with iron. He put his saxophone reeds in the fireplace. So then comes my parents and they completely demolish everything and redo what was in the land. Okay. So this stirred up a lot of stuff. So I'm this 16 year old girl in this house and I start to experience my bed shaking at night, the TV going on and off, the lights going on and off. Actually, I had the, the spirits sitting on my bed touching me. I would feel them. And I, why I know it's the house and, you know, because it's it happened, these kinds of experiences happened to my parents. Mm-hmm. They happened to visitors. They happened to everyone that came to the house, even my children, when I would go back to that house to visit them. My son one um, time told me that someone was pulling his hair at night and the same thing was happening to me, but I was thinking it was my son. And then one time when I my son was a toddler and I was there, he said, you know, mommy, I see eyes on the ceiling. So yeah. I started to realize like, this is not just me but this house holds so much energy but it was also i believe either a burial ground or a battleground because of the dreams that i had in that house were constantly a friction of fighting of war mm-hmm. and then so i had just a myriad of experiences that were just like i think because i was just sleeping on the land and so i was picking up on all these different energies that were there right and being an empath, being an intuitive, and even not necessarily knowing in the beginning that that's what it was, but when you're sensitive to these things, then it not only triggers insomnia and anxiety and all oh. of these other things that come up because oh, yeah. we don't understand these waves that are hitting our bodies. Yeah, the anxiety was real. The anxiety, I had my grandmother who lived with us, she was also psychic and she um, was an angel reader and she never communicated with spirit, but she was the only one that I knew to go to. And she would always tell me to protect myself with white light. And honestly, it worked to an extent, but that's where it's, you know, it's kind of like, okay, why does spirit keep coming to us when it's maybe not directed with a message? It's more just, we're feeling it, you know, like these experiences that I had, again, they didn't have a message. It wasn't my past loved ones. I also had things about my past loved ones, but it was more just, you know, them sitting on my bed or like hearing voices or having these dreams where I was, I, I knew that I was picking up on what was happening on the land in the past. So that, that's, you know. And that almost feels thing. like the energy imprint, right? Like if we're mm-hmm. walking into let's say it's an energetic record that continues to play and we walk through that energy field. It's like we pick up 
the song or the tune or whatever is happening yes. that we're walking into. And especially if Stan had put so much work into that home and I was, <laughs> I was like, mom, dad, seriously, what are you guys doing? What? And, and I was also, you know, 16 and I was, I had had the experiences for a long time. If I would have known maybe better, I would have done a ritual of like honor around what they were doing to demolish everything. But <laughs> I do think that, so my story about places definitely had to do with, you know, growing up in sort of the wild west of the Rocky Mountains. And when I was a child, I had a childhood friend that lived in this A-frame home. It was kind of, I wouldn't say it was super old. It was probably built turn of the century. And then her parents had put an extension on it. And I remember going to visit her in this house as a child and just feeling watched. That was always a, a mm -hmm. thing for me was feeling watched going up and down the stairs or yes. walking past a room and feeling like somebody's watching you from in there. And so there was a just generalness. I didn't care for the house. Well, flash forward about eight, nine years and my parents divorced and that house was available to rent and my dad ended up renting it. And so here I was faced with like spending weekends <laughs> in this home. And there were times when we would collectively be sitting downstairs and we would hear the floor. We would hear the footsteps in the floor creak going the opposite direction of the hallway, essentially through walls to one end of the house and back. And we would have these incredible fast moving cold breezes that would shoot up from the basement round through the kitchen and then a window in the living room would pop open and the air would escape and there was you know we were we weren't doing anything to cause it there were just things about that house that felt off yeah <laughs> I, I don't know that it was malevolent in any way i just feel like it wanted us to know it was there mm -hmm. that we were the visitors not it and it also had proximity to the minor cemetery so it's entirely possible that we were just too close to the cemetery or maybe the addition at some point had been built over somebody else that was there um but i think there is a way in times that trauma gets trapped in the land yes i think that's true from battles um i think it's true from just extreme circumstances in humanity and that record player of energy that continues like to loop, play right the loop. loop exactly yeah it's an energetic loop and whether that piece is knowingly attached to source or if it's like when we cut cords at the end of the night and we always know there's like one or two little cords out there that we don't get to but it's okay is that what that energy residue is is it just a string from our consciousness kind of just hanging out in the past right yeah and i i really don't know for sure but i do know you brought up like the presence the thing when like have you had something where it's like someone is standing next to your bed that happens oh, to me all the time yes and i'm like i could i can't sleep alone like i i i was that little girl who would sleep with you know i would go into my sister's room and be like can i sleep in your room and my parents room i just i always had the feeling of someone next to me too and i had the the loving angelic beings 
And I wasn't afraid of that, but I was, I was afraid when I felt like it was more spirit that I didn't know. Um, I had this one, I'm going to just share this one experience. Uh, my wife was in Mexico doing something and I was alone and, you know, I was just, you know, terrified always. So in the middle of the night, I feel this energetic presence, Emily, so strong coming down my hallway. It's always the hallway or the closet that are like coming through and you're like, what the fuck? So they're coming. It was like this rush of energy, but so strong, like the presence before they get to you, you know, it's coming. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I feel it coming through the door and my dog who sleeps in my room starts to growl. So that was like for sure validation. And it actually went into my body. Okay. So that that's another thing. The spirit, the story I'm going to share with you about the woman in Italy, the spirit in Italy, that this, that's the one about, um, the river and the baby that's all. Anyways, she also went into my body and my wife was with me that time and I couldn't speak and she actually took over my body. So I, I don't think I'm possessed. I don't think that, you know, it's even that's necessarily bad, but I think maybe they're trying to really just get a, a home, a vessel to go into, to speak through. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I felt when, when that energy rushed through my doorway and just went, hit me into my body, I, I, with my intention and awareness, like pushed it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are the things that happened. <laughs> well, that's so interesting. Because if you think of, and I know you've had this message from spirit before, that our whole purpose is to come to this lifetime, this world, to experience the physical realm, to experience our body, to have this machine that allows spirit to become real. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, that makes sense that they would be looking for an outlet, a way to experience that again, or a way to get the message across. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What is it with hallways? I swear. I I know. I mean... (sighs) And just, yeah, darkness and hallways. Um, I, oh, I I just have so many things to share. I don't even know where to start. So did, so that, so the, okay, it's the places. So I had that and then I had, um, did you share your story about places or are you okay? With no, really, for me, it was all about the, the little town. And, you know, we had our, um, my parents had a small uh, store and it had originally been the bank at the beginning of when the town was built and so there was a hallway (laughs) next to the safe and it would yeah people would walk up and down that hallway all the time when we were there at night you would just hear the footsteps on the old wooden floor back and forth and there was a show called i think wasn't it hauntings that was on like think late 90s early 2000s on regular television and they came and talked to something that lived in the basement next door in the building next door so there were things around you know my husband's family owned a little mining cabin that was for hunting the guys would go hunting there in the fall and we would go sometimes in the summer just to stay in the mountains and i always felt like there was somebody peeking from behind the curtain when we drove up it was just oh yeah, yeah it's a feeling because of, they were always there and you're visiting right exactly i was just gonna say what do you think about portals you know like because i i kind of felt 
that in the house I was growing up in, I had, there was the hallway that separated like my bedroom from like my brother's bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like that energy between was a portal. And that's a whole nother thing, like the grid lines of earth and how maybe is there concentrated energy where things can come in and out of, you know, that's, that's a whole other rabbit hole probably, but portals, you know, maybe it's a real thing. Yeah. I, I have no reason to say no. And every reason to say at this point that anything is possible. Yes. What came to mind when you were talking about that is, you know, in architecture, when they want to cool something, Frank Lloyd Wright did this at his house in um, Arizona, that you, you put a ceiling on something like if you do a breezeway outside, it's the idea of, of putting a roof on it so that you drive the forces, you drive the wind underneath. That's almost what a hallway feels like. Right. In some way, it's this corridor that moves the energy. And maybe that's why we feel, I don't know. You are so right. It's, it's the way that it creates the Mm -hmm. energetic pathway to through like that friction or that density. Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining. I think there's something to be said about feng shui when it comes to places. I mean, I think there's a, a purpose to really being careful and how you put your home together. I think it's important to have altars and to be aware of your physical space and your surroundings and that it really can play a part into your depression, into your mindset, into all sorts of things. I think places are incredibly important. I agree. I've always been interested about feng shui, um, but I haven't gone down that that road. Um, Also, I wonder have you ever had an experience like maybe the house that your dad was living in that you felt like maybe was haunted did you ever try to sage or do any energy clearing at that time gosh I I wish I had I was like 13 14 um and I I know when people would stand in my bedroom and watch me sleep my trick was I pulled the covers up over my ears and it's so funny to me I still sleep this way Mm -hmm. like it can be 100 degrees out and I don't care I gotta have the sheet like over my ear because it's almost like then (laughs) I don't have to listen to them or they aren't seeing me there's something about that barrier that I learned really young to put up um yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I had saged it or been able to bring some happiness to that house because I feel like that's what it needed. I always tell people when I go and do a home clearing, mm-hmm. um, you know, to ring bells, to open the windows, to play happy music, to sing and dance, yes. anything you can to move the air, to move the sound, to move the scent. All your senses need to be hit on in some way. Move a piece of furniture, something. You know, it's kind of like, transmuting the energy from like the lower vibrations to the higher vibrations so those higher vibrations your loving essence however you translate that whether it be like you said laughter music has to be stronger to kind Mm -hmm. of go through that cycle of transforming the energy um i i know that i had this situation where my house my wife who's a realtor was selling this home and it was someone in our community that had passed and the home was sitting on the market and this wasn't that long ago and i went in there and i i don't i didn't necessarily know if it was called a home clearing but i just had like a conversation with her in spirit and i i just talked to her and she you know she she felt seen i guess and validated in some ways and she i just asked her for help you know mm-hmm. like because I we were thinking about buying the home and I just said to her you know we I felt like she was holding on to the home because I 
we had talked about wanting to buy it, but it was too small for our family. So I had to say to her, you know, can you help us like sell this? And we, we can't, I had to, I felt like I had to explain, you know, we can't buy this home, but with your blessing, can you help us her sell it? And then sure enough, crazy enough, my wife had asked me to help her show the home because she was doing something else. And I just opened the door for some people and those were the people that, that bought the home like shortly after that conversation with her. So yeah. it's like maybe, you know, I think that it's not necessarily that spirits are like haunting, but they in some way, you know, it, we have to just have a conversation or or include them in, you know, that's our role as mediums, right? To Think of the them. fear that comes at that point in your life when you're being forced out of your home. Like if yeah. you're being moved to assisted living or that you're facing your mortality or there's so much emotion tied up in where we feel safe and we feel safest in our homes. And of course you that's going to get stuck. Like I can't imagine it not getting stuck. And I think as a culture here in the United States, our homes haven't been here that long. You go to Europe and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's Gus. He's lived here for 20 years. You like leave a hot dog in the forest on a moonlit night and he's fine. <laughs> I saw a meme that said that I can't take credit. <laughs> but it's just more common that there are things in the house that go bump in the night and you live with it. Yeah. But here, I think it's a more, maybe a more new phenomena that we're living with it or recognizing, admitting it in some way, um, finally talking about it. But there are these instances where, yeah, I think people have not wanted to leave their home. And that energy, you just really have to, like you said, transcend it. You have to be happier and more joyful than that and assure them you can stay as long as you need to, but I'm here now and we're going to take care of the house and we're, we're good. So I have to say that when I moved into the house that I'm living in now, when me and my wife went to look at the house, you know, we're like, oh, we love it. We love it. We go home. And the spirit um, who this woman had passed in the house, she came to both of us in our dreams mm -hmm. and she was giving my wife a tour of the house in her dreams. And with me, it was something different. Okay, so long story short, the first night we move into our house, we get locked out of the bathroom. Totally her. Okay, the next day, the the broad daylight, the hallway lights, it was like a, a, a strobe, high, you know, like a on off, on off, on off. We right. called the electrician. We're like, the wiring is wrong. Every, you know, they checked everything. No, it's absolutely right. As soon as they left, it never happened again. And what happened was they kept coming to us. Actually, it was the woman who had died. She came to us. She questioned our relationship. And she said, I don't understand because, you know, I'm I'm with another woman. And she literally was asking my wife, who's not a medium, but who now is kind of a medium because I don't know, I've like brought that out association. Her. Yeah. But she had she would she didn't understand our relationship. And honestly, what she needed was to have again a conversation with us. My wife explained to her like what the deal is, like we're you know, we're together, we're, we have this family, and we kind of got this blessing from her. And I've had these experiences where I asked a neighbor, did she have cats? And because I have cats in my bathroom sometimes rubbing up against my leg. And I just know it's a cat. And he's like, she had a lot of cats. 
And so anyways, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily a haunting, but it's just more like, hey, oh, you're here. Like, let me check you out. Mm -hmm. And then they give us their blessing that that can happen. And maybe what happens if you're not a medium or you don't know that you can talk to that those energies, maybe what happens is they continue to try to get your attention. So maybe it just is something about like, just talk to them and, you know, have a conversation like you're sharing that space with them now and she's not here all the time but I feel like it's you know she was just checking us out that night because she literally <laughs> locked us out of the bathroom we were terrified because <laughs> nobody locked that door it was so weird anyway That's so creepy well I was just gonna say an example for anybody who wants to like test this theory just go on Zillow and like scroll through maybe 20 houses and see the different feelings you get, despite the decor, despite pricey, any of it. Just notice the feeling you get just from looking at the photos of a home, whether yeah. or not it feels heavy, if it feels light and exciting, if it feels sterile, there's a lot you can pick up. For sure. I love real estate. I could, yeah, I'm a sucker for looking at spaces. <laughs> I know, I'm like thinking, hmm, you have a, a education about the architecture. <laughs> You're a jack of trades, Emily. I tell you, if there's something I like, I go after it. I, I spend way too much time exploring things. All right, so let's talk about, what do you think, people? The hauntings of people a little bit? Because this is different in a way, right? I think a thing is that we come into that space or we interact with that place and we experience something versus a person being haunted in a way. Yeah, now this is a little different. So are you, do you mean kind of like an entity being attached to them or a cord that of an energy well, from someone else that is attached to them, whether they're living or past? That's a good question. My example, I have a, a dear friend from college and her brother um, has this ability that whenever he is driving on a highway, he drives a lot for work, that he will see people walking on the side of the highway that are sometimes, I mean, it can be very gory in some way. They can be a little dismembered. They can be clearly injured. Mm -hmm. And they usually are at the scene of where an accident has occurred not that he's driving by the accident shortly after but this would be weeks months mm -hmm. that sort of thing so my idea is are they showing themselves only to him mm -hmm. or are they i mean you can argue that maybe they're haunting the highway they're haunting the space but that it's interesting that that only happens to him well or is it that he sees history like he sees mm -hmm. not a premonition because it's a past event but that he's able to see the course of events that have happened mm -hmm. you know like it's almost like a psychic impression like i'm you know the universe is showing me what happened yeah mm -hmm. i i know that I, I i shared this with you i had a woman who came to me i was doing energy healing at this like life expo in los angeles this was years ago i was like newbie and this woman comes to me and she said, you know, I have an entity attached to my back. Can you clear it? And it was just, oh my, I was, so, I was, it was just kind of frightening, you know? Right, right. Um, and I think, I think that we always are sovereign beings and that we 
our free will trumps another person trying to psychically attack us or attach themselves to us. Like I, I can't live in this world and not think that because then that means that we're giving our power away to everything. So I think that spirit can attach themselves to us, but maybe with like the knowledge and the education that you can disattach, cut the cords that that's also, you know, um, in your power. But then the other thing that makes me think of when you say like people, um, being haunted is living people sending negative energy to you, which is like this cord, right? Which I, you know, that I know. Yeah. And have had that. (laughs) And the power of our words. I mean, curses are, but we have a history with this idea of curses because our words are vibrations. Our vibrations are real right? We, we can measure it. It's a real thing and it's going to land and impact things. Um, if you study, and I will I'll never remember his name, but the Japanese gentleman who studied water molecules mm-hmm. and the idea that if you put water in a bottle and you put love and joy on it, or you put hate and jealousy, it literally changes the molecules of the water. Okay. Take that a step further. And our words trans are moving constantly through atmosphere through time and space and interjecting our bodies which are primarily water so of course words and curses i think are yeah i i completely agree that someone can be affected and harmed it's almost like the words we speak to ourselves are casting spells creating our reality the words we speak to someone else is the same thing and so that interaction it we can't control what someone else is doing to us but we can create i guess our reality through how we speak to ourselves and this this space we hold for ourselves um and the next level of that would be to maybe understand when you're feeling a certain energy is it yours or is it something that's being projected at you and then like how that's when the energy healing comes in and that's when you know because i think you have to sink your energy to the lower lower vibration in order for that to affect you Uh, you know there's a lot of people on instagram generally they're all the scammers saying oh you've got let me clear your energy you've got yeah we won't go into instagram scammers that's another episode (laughs) and that's and that's the thing is like you can have you can have someone else help you clear your energy but it will come right back to you if you're Mm -hmm. perpetuating the same cycle of giving your power away or you know having your own negative self-talk so we're casting spells like you said through the words every day and that's all that it is you know a curse sounds really scary but it's everything is is everything is well the same way we would go to church and believe that the words we're speaking in church are holy and are ethereal and carry our voice directly to god well if it can go up it can go down it's yeah. the same. Yeah. And there are protections, yes, that we have to do. But I think it all comes back to the idea of holding ourselves in sacred space, holding our energy, holding ourselves an expectation of high loving energy, because that's when it's more difficult to fall into those places. Now that's saying, well, pull yourself out of depression and it's not real. And I do not believe that at all. I know that there are chemical imbalances in the body, I experience it, all of those things. But I also know when I need to get help. 
I also know when something is happening that isn't mine. Like you said, what, where is this feeling coming from suddenly? Is this really me? Is this my own shadow work? Or is this something that is completely out of left field and makes no sense at all? Which, like you said, I know you've experienced. So yeah, I, it's an interesting one. I do think, I do think people can have can resonate at a frequency, let's say, that maybe attracts it in a different way. Yes. Like I have had, I, I have to say that when I've, like, it's really interesting when I've been in certain relationships where I've had a fight with my partner, I have noticed attracting, like hearing um, entities, because I have a lot of auditory the way I receive things. So I do experience like visitations from entities where they speak. Um, in a more manipulative way where they will they would always say like the way that I would my, it would they would take on the voice of my partner this has happened in two different relationships I've had um where I'm hearing as if my partner's talking to me but in my ears and it seems a little bit vibra uh, lower vibrational feeling it seems a manipulative energy and it's like the portal that opens that is maybe like I said a fight or something that's happening where it's brought my vibration down mm -hmm. so um, and it's not about, you know, frightening someone. It's just about being aware because mm -hmm. we are, we are open vessels, right? We can be more open. Like as mediums, we know, like when we're sitting with a client, open yourself up, right. you know, we have to completely surrender to open ourselves up. And maybe, you know, what I've, what I think in hindsight in the past, what was happening with me is I was just so open. I was just picking up everything, but now I, I can close myself off not in like a way where I'm, you know, it just pull my energy, put my aura back closer to myself. Um, do you, have you had that experience? I understand what you mean. It's interesting. I have a, a medium friend. Um, I won't say who she is in this episode. We'll leave her anonymous, but she is living in a home um, shared. So there's someone else renting I believe it's upstairs or next door and they tend to fight a lot and what happens when the, they fight is that this medium and um her husband will get scratched in the shower they get wow. like physical scratch marks and she has finally you know through her own work and cl energy clearing and everything realized that it is coming because of this craziness next door not from their own home or their own environment um, and so when, you know, the fighting ramps up or anything, they can take steps now to kind of protect themselves. But I think, yeah, it, it tends to work in a cycle. So if you think that you are in this low vibrational space or it's caused by trauma around you, it's how much harder it takes to truly break that cycle. And I don't think we give people credit for really pulling themselves up to get out of that. Because if you don't know that that is not the way it always is, it can be really hard to set an expectation for yourself that's different. Yeah, absolutely. And just curious, Emily, do you think that the scratches are like the living embodiment of the energy of the fighting manifesting in scratching? Or do you think it's a spirit that's actually brought through that scratching? 
Right. That is so interesting. I think of, and I have nothing to base this on other than feeling into my own intuition. I really feel like it's the negativity itself. It's Mm -hmm. the anger and negativity itself that can be dense enough. I mean, you think about the weight and the density of dark energy, and we're even understanding this right in quantum physics, we know now that it resonates at a different, darker, denser frequency. I think it's entirely possible. I mean, if we could think that a tree can have love and light, (laughs) I still think an argument or a murder or, you know, something awful can also have consequences. Like I just can't separate one from the other. It's kind of, I, I'm thinking about in my pranic energy training, the, their philosophy is that like drugs and alcohol create its own vibrational frequency of like an entity where it, it attracts darkness in a way. And so it's like even with, and I'm not trying to plug myself here, but this sounds so funny, like my, the business readings and the Akashic Records, it's like your business brand or whatever your business is, has an, an a consciousness. It's right. its own entity. So like the words we speak, you know, create maybe a vibrational vortex of, of its own entity. So it's like we're putting out through the words we speak or what or with the business brand that we have or pouring in, you know, and creating these entities. And it's just like so in a way, it's like we're all just it's like all entities around us with everything and we're just casting spells and, you know, I don't know, it can make you feel crazy, but it, it is a broader and more expanded way to start to see the power of energy. If everything is energy, then it all makes sense right. that that's what's happening. Right. Same when I do Akashic readings, like in astrology charts, and I'm pulling through issues that happened in a past life that are still affecting you in this life. Yes. And when I, there's no way to explain it, but when a client is like that, that resonates on such a deep level, I can't even explain it. There's something to be said about the time and space links that allow energy, be high vibration, low vibration, whatever it is to move. There's just so much more to our universe than we could ever possibly understand it. It boggles my mind a little bit, but I do think, yeah, I love exploring this even as a medium because what I've experienced has been absolutely beautiful and amazing. And yet I can't deny other experiences. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, I don't even know if I spoke about the whole, you know, tie into Halloween, because I think what fascinates me about being a medium and like my journey is that Halloween for me was that doorway to be able to speak about my experiences. Mm-hmm. So true. And we have these two times of year where it, we dip into what is essentially the water element. So now in the fall and then again in the spring. And what's interesting is that we have attached to these two holidays to them, Halloween and Easter, and they both have to do with death and resurrection and understanding that what goes away can also come back. <laughs> and yeah, I love to talk about spooky things around Easter, even when people aren't necessarily thinking about it because <laughs> I love to talk about spooky in. things all the time. I mean, spooky <laughs> is the word you know, that maybe the general 
population understands is anything about spirit. But I, I, I know that Halloween's like one of the only um, holidays that's not tied to any religion, which I also love. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing I, I want to be sure to share the story about the spirit in Italy. Let's do it. Okay, so is this a thing? This is okay. So this would be. This is a couple things, if okay. that if that's okay. Like it doesn't fit into totally. any one category because she did come into my body. So, I'm gonna try to make this not too long because I know that we've been have we have you guys on here for like ever. So I was try I went to meet my wife in Italy. This was when we were first dating. And we show up to this property. She had she was with a bunch of friends, and they rented a villa. It was very dreamy. Okay, it was in the it was in Tuscany. She rented a villa. We had our own guest house. She picks me up. We show up. It's the middle of the night, and you know I try to go to bed. Every time I'm going to bed, there's a woman who comes into my awareness through kind of my dreams. No, I wasn't sleeping, but through my you know inner vision she was screaming and crying long black kind of crazy hair and I was just like trying to push her away I'm like I'm trying to go to sleep but every time I would try to fall asleep she would come to me come to me come to me finally I go to sleep I start telling oh and when I sleep I get I dream but you know it's like not a dream it's like a vision of an of her baby had drowned in the river and this is not a good thing i mean it was horrifying and devastating but the baby she shows me face down in the river okay so and i'm a mother and i had you know my kids were staying with their grandparents so of course i'm emotional and i tell my wife who i had just started dating and i'm just like i have to tell you what's happening that was her segue she's still married to me so let's just say she was okay with it but um, I'm like, first of all, this is what happened. Second of all, can we do a tour of the property? I, I wonder if there's a river. She's like, no, 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 there's no river. Like, okay. We go outside and we start exploring. The main house has a basement with windows. I'm just naturally looking in the windows. What do I see? First thing, a wooden cradle, an old fashioned, oh. like 18th century wooden cradle, the ones that stay low to the ground. I'm not making this up. Then I go towards the back of the property and there's a river. And she's like, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't know. Oh, so I'm like starting to get goosebumps. I'm like, this is really crazy. Wow. Okay. So fast forward, you know, days go by. She keeps coming to me. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Things start happening in the guest house. Actually, Patty, you know her, my wife, she sees these black shadows in the the top of the corner of the ceiling of the bedroom getting big and then going small getting big and then going small and she even starts to feel the presence and I said to her this was like one night late at night and I said I I feel her around and then you know we see in these shadows and we're both like terrified and this was granted before I had gone down my mediumship development path and I said to her you know I'm feeling her around me now and she's Patty said, because she's more from the Catholic faith, you need to help her cross over. You need to communicate with her. And I said, I don't want to communicate with her. And so I just, with her there, I felt more comfortable. So I did. And what I do is I start talking to her and she starts screaming and crying and telling me, my baby died, my baby died. And so Patty starts saying like a prayer, like more like a 
you know, Catholic prayer. And then I start saying, you know, in the best way I know possible, you know, your baby is in spirit. It's, you know, you can meet her, you can meet him on the other side. You, you, you know, if you can go to the light and cross over, it's okay. And I'm like holding space for her, but all of a sudden her energy comes into my body and then I can't speak. And Patty's shaking me a little bit. And I'm like, in between states of dimensions, I guess I couldn't speak. And I felt like I was, it just, I, I was not myself. I was feeling her. I was, it was the weirdest experience. Like maybe now if that happened, I would have channeled her or something. Right. right. Maybe that was the beginning of like transmediumship, but she sh kind of shook her out, shook her out of me. And then things got real and Patty's like, you need to get stronger and really help her cross over. So what happened was I had to hold my power mm -hmm. because her power was overpowering me. So when I stood my ground and held my power, it was like I pushed her to the light and I said, you, you're, you have to cross over. And so she did. And instantly the room cleared up. The energy was lighter and we never, I never ha experienced her again. And I, so yeah, that was like, you know, a really power, like in every way it was a significant moment for me. Um, and, and a, you know, I hadn't ever experienced anything like, quite like that to that degree. So. Wow. The, so the history around, I remembered her name here. They call her La Lorna. And she is considered sort of this wailing woman that is seen along the river. Wow, um, that's having, how she seemed. Right, having drowned her children. And I just think of women throughout history and not only postpartum depression and the things we know now, but sustaining a rape or not being able to care for the child, like all the reasons we can sink into our rights now and motherhood and not always having those and the amount of scarring that that could leave in that dimension yeah yeah i can totally see that and how amazing that patty was able to stand with you in that moment and yeah. and witness it and also keep you calm because i think i would have been <laughs> yeah no i needed like, her. i don't care if we drive to the holiday inn express i like, know out. there was there was no emily it was like we were in the middle of nowhere that's the thing um, I know I really needed her. Um, and you know, it's interesting. It's kind of like, I don't know if it's called the hag or the old hag when you have mm -hmm. that in between state, um, with the sleep paralysis where they mm -hmm. say like, oh, it's the old hag, or I don't know what the right, the right. I've heard that. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like she, I didn't get the sense that she drowned her child, her baby, but that the baby drowned. But at the same time, I wonder just like an entity, if there can be, like that general spirit that comes as like a collective representation of a wound, sure. you know, and that you're maybe not healing the spirit or crossing the spirit over, but you're like, maybe I was healing a part of myself or maybe I was healing the wound of the mother, right? I don't know. I mean, that's when it gets bigger and bigger and you're just like, what's going on? And again, maybe it's everything. Um, but I know that I had that sleep paralysis thing happened to me recently where a, a wave of I was completely awake and a wave of dark energy came again started to come into my body and I was paralyzed but again with my consciousness something took over and it was like I was like the Care Bear shining 
love of white <laughs> light ooh, and pushing it away from me. And it was, I was like, wow, how did I know how to do that? But when I was researching, because I was like, what's happening? There was this kind of, again, collective general consensus that a, the act of a sleep paralysis could be like a dark entity. Like, again, I don't know if it's called the old hag or a hag where it's like this entity comes and it's trying to like psychically attack you, you know, and I don't know if that's true, but I know that that's how it felt. It felt dark at that right. time. Well, even think back to the story of witches and old hags who would take the energy of the young and beautiful so that they could wow. continue to exist. It, it's just interesting like feed, how like feeding, right? Tough, right. The idea of feeding off of younger, brighter, different energy. I do think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Well, I don't know that I want to go to Tuscany now. Thanks for that. No, you know what, no it was beautiful. You're, you want to go, you want to go to Tuscany. The only thing is the winding roads with drinking wine and the windy roads. I have to say car sickness was a real thing, but no, Tuscany is beautiful, but for sure there, like you had said, historically, there seems to be more spirit energy when I go to places like I went to New Orleans and we stayed at a bed and breakfast and it was so haunted. We wouldn't sleep in the bedroom. It was so dense and dark. We had to sleep on this little pull out couch because I'm like, I'm not going into that bedroom. <laughs> okay. So should we talk about things? Yeah. Um, this one is interesting. I have, so again, I have a friend <laughs> who um, was beginning to develop her mediumship and has, you know, not it's not for everybody or not everybody has time or wants to, but she has what we call psychometry. So she can touch something and get like a wave of memory of emotion from a thing. Um, I've done it before in readings. I like sometimes if I'm doing in person for the sitter to bring an object that really means something. Um, but in her case, it kind of just comes about, so she can't stand to go in an antique store because there's just too much happening. And I think it's interesting that it's maybe one of the Claire's, one of our six senses that we don't pay as much attention to in some way. And like, why are we attracted to the things we buy? Why are we, why are there tactile things that interest us more than others? I think it's it's something interesting to explore. She was recently the same friend. Um, we had watched a Titanic um, documentary and they were talking about this um, museum. And she actually went and visited the museum in Missouri where there's a display that talks about all of the children that perished on the Titanic. And the display is you're like looking through a, a pane of glass outside to the deck and then outside beyond that would be water. And what happens is in this in-between space where people don't really go, there are children's handprints that appear on the glass and they have to, you know, wipe the handprints down. But when she was there, she was like, you really can feel the presence of these yeah. children. So, okay, this is in Missouri. It's not the Titanic. How did, how did this get there? And I have to believe that it comes from the items 
right? It has to come in some way from the products that have been lifted from the bottom of the sea and brought here that carry some of that. So what are your experiences? Um, well, I was just going to say, like, again, it's a, the imprint of energy. They carry the story. Mm-hmm. A part of the spirit is attached, but not all of who they are. Because I would like to believe that, you know, when someone dies in a tragedy like that, more than ever, are do they go home, right, mm-hmm. to source? Because, but at the same time, yeah, they have <clears throat> the story. Their stories carry through with the objects. So as far as objects go... The where I have experienced the most spirit communication is through my cell phone and my TV. So I had this a couple of things happen. One, which I thought was just fascinating, was with my mom. And she called me one day. This was years ago. And she said she was freaking out. And my grandmother, her mother, had passed um, not that long before this happened to her. So she got a notification on her cell phone of a new voice message. So she goes to press play and it was my grandmother, her Mm. mother that was speaking to her on the voice message. And she, she just, she said she just flipped out and I don't know if she threw the phone or hung up, but she just, it was like, she was like, how did this happen? Amber, how did this happen? Oh my, you know, and I said, you know, probably what happened was it was an old voice memo but the through you know the power of spirit with energy she was able to send you that new notification but the weird thing is is that when she went back to her phone to see that message it had disappeared so how did it come through obviously it came through from my grandmother just as like you know hello i'm here i love you type of thing right so that was one thing I have a lot of times what happen is I will be, I'll look down at my phone and there will be a a word typed from a text message thread that is the name of my grandmother, either my grandmother Norma or Elaine. It will be their name and I didn't type it. And it's like, how did that type, how'd that come up? Or I'm typing something totally mundane and then what comes up is a message either for me or again a name so i don't even know what this is called but this happens all the time another thing that happened is with my tv i was um this was when i was studying energy healing and i was it was after my near-death experience i hadn't really deep dived into mediumship yet and i was practicing on my son energy healing every night because he has add and i wanted to just see what i could do with his crown chakra And I then went to, I don't know, I was watching TV one night and I searched through, you know, how you can search with YouTube. You can put the voice memo and you can Mm -hmm. say what you're searching for. And I have a picture of this. And what came up was, obviously I was not searching for what came up, right? (laughs) But what showed up on the search of the TV was Julian and his head opening. And my son's name is Julian and I had just been practicing energy healing and it was like, what the, uh, right. like, what? what? We were and looking so, for like Lego videos. Or like, yeah, no, well, I was clearly not looking for Lego videos. Only, but, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, so I'm the one who was searching it, but, but that's yeah. the thing. I was probably looking, knowing me, I was probably looking at like, I love architecture too, but you know, something non-related. So right. these things, and then I, I, it's always like I'm typing something and my, like my grandmother, Norma, she, one time I was typing something and her, again, her name popped up, but it said Norma Jean, which I believe was Marilyn Monroe's 
I don't know if it was her yeah. real name. So it was like a real thread of from Safari, you know, from the internet, but it wasn't what I was searching for. And it was her way to get my attention to be like, hello. So that's, that's where I, I experience spirit is through technology. It fascinates me. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, kind of tying back to places in a way, there was a, um, a small boutique and I might have talked about this on the live a little bit when we were getting ready to record this before, but they, this Victorian building was the carriage house. They would repair wheels there and there was a fire that burned the building down. Of course, tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. And I just think of the trauma that then is kind of trapped in this energetic record. But flash forward to now, it's, you know, the building's been saved and made over. It's super cute. There's little stores on the bottom and a space up above. And one of the stores that moved in was she did trophies and balloons and um, started doing screen printing and then wood burning. And what happened so she would be making a plaque or something and it's burning the, just the top layer off with the laser. Of course, it smells like something's on fire. Oh, right. And that scent was kind of pushed through the ventilation, but was kind of collecting in the basement in a way. It was either that or there was a very thick mist down there. <laughs> either <laughs> one is plausible. But in the middle of the night, they have... Um, cameras set up security cameras their big beautiful mac computer slides off the edge like just slides across the desk and off the edge of the desk and onto the floor and shatters and they have this on video watching this computer slide across it's not like it got tipped or pushed or someone tripped on the cord like insurance wanted to say it just slid the whole thing <laughs> and I really think he was like, you're not going to set fire to this building again. He's protecting it. And they ended up moving spaces and changing the ventilation and whatnot. And it, it did stop. But I think they use things to get our attention. Yeah. I think the things can carry the same energetic resonance that a place can. And it's just another way of getting our attention, like the same way they might take over an animal like we know dragonflies or ladybugs butterflies are a really significant sign from spirit well what makes one random dragonfly decide to like sit on your shoulder for half an hour right like, i feel like something is encouraging it to do that yeah like so and it's like manipulating and i don't mean that in a negative context i just don't know the right word but i also have to say i've had so many times where the it's there's a manipulation of um of a voice that sounds very robotic. Like I've had two experiences where I hear my name and it's it sounds robotic. And I have to believe that it's because, you know, spirit is trying so hard to use vibration, but the way that it's coming out sounds, you know, like morphed in a way, like not right. even a human voice, but like robotic. Right. And then I've also had the experience where, um, they're, they use more of our inner dialogue. Like it sounds like it's just like a, a, a download of thought. So it's almost just like they choose the best way they can come through, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Manipulating lights, electronics, um, 
slamming doors. I mean, that's a manipulation of space. Yeah, I, I there's so much we could talk about for hours, I think, with all of this. It's I fascinating. Know. I know it is. And I just, I bet you we're going to have experiences. <laughs> I think like, <laughs> I think when I talk about it, sometimes I do in a way call forth um, unconsciously like experiences because I've noticed that like if I'm speaking about my grandmother, maybe then she'll visit me. Or if I'm speaking about the, the woman in this house who passed away, um, you know, then it just, it's almost like by speaking out, you're calling in. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm not afraid as long as I have my wife here with me at night. I, I couldn't sleep alone. I just couldn't. <laughs> I know. I got my pillows over my head. I clear my house a lot. And I, yeah, I'm careful. And about I'm not even saying that these are negative spirits, right? Right. No. It's just that it still jars me. It still yeah. jars me. Yeah. Still having even knowing what I know as a medium, having spirit stand at the foot of my bed to deliver a message, it's still like, okay, thanks. <laughs> I know. And you can come tomorrow at noon. For yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, thank you for this talk. I think it's so, uh, I love Halloween and spooky season. And if any of you out there have stories you want to share with us or topics or questions yeah don't hesitate to reach out i'm so thankful amber that you wanted to do this joint episode oh my gosh thank you it's been lovely and i know i could talk about this for hours there's so much to explore and you know i just um i love i i, I love this topic i will never stop you know developing as a medium and exploring these things and yes please message us i love to um talk about you know this conversation and it was so fun emily thank you thank you we'll do it again next year what do you think yes let's do it right. we'll dress up again you know do a live every year something different um i'm do you know what you're gonna be for halloween do you dress up well i am actually going as a witch this year very creative i know but i got this great new hat and it's kind of one of the first years I think I'm fully owning my witchiness. So I'm excited. Yeah. I like that. I will. I hope you're going to post a picture. I want to see it. Yeah, I think I'm going to do something. Um, of course, me with makeup and painting because I'm an artist and I know you're an artist, too. But for me, it's all about painting my face. So I think I'm going to do something very fantasy, like kind of not just one thing, but I have this whole image in my head. So stay tuned. I'll post a picture. Can't wait to see. I'm going with little kids, so I have to, I can't be too scared. Yes. I'm going to be a friendly witch. A friendly witch. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cute. I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Yes. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Things That Make You Go Woo. You can help me out by leaving a positive rating and a review wherever you downloaded this episode. Be sure and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Emily and Her Stars. You can also reach out via email anytime, emilyandherstars at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Things That Make You Go Woo.